Chapter 3 He didn't smell, I said. What do you mean, he didn't smell? Rachel demanded. I mean that he didn't smell. He had picked up some odors off other people, off the ground, off dogs, whatever, but he had no smell himself. None. Like a black hole of smell. Like nothing there. Nobody home. It was later that same evening. Jake and I had left the concert shortly after encountering Eric. We'd called a meeting, and now everyone except Axe was in Cassie's barn. Cassie's barn is actually the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. It's a sort of hospital for messed up wild animals. Cassie's parents are both veterinarians. Her mom works at the gardens, this big combination zoo and amusement park. Her dad, with a lot of help from Cassie, takes in every sick or injured wild animal they come across. The barn is lined with wire cages filled with raccoons, foxes, possums, eagles, rabbits, geese, badgers, crows, squirrels. I mean, you name it, it's Animal Central. Maybe you just didn't notice it, Rachel suggested. Rachel, you've been in Wolf Morph, Jake said. You know how good your sense of smell is? Well, the dog's sense of smell is almost that good. Rachel shook her head. That's what she does when she's frustrated. She was standing in the middle of the barn floor, looking immaculate, as usual. Rachel is one of those girls from the cover of Seventeen. Beautiful, fashionable, way too tall, far too many bright white teeth, massive quantities of very clean blonde hair. But beneath all that fashionable clothing and perfectly applied makeup, there is a sword-swinging Amazon warrior just trying to break out. Rachel's like one of those terrible elf maidens in Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. Beautiful and dangerous. Jake is her cousin, and Cassie is her best friend. Cassie actually experiences normal human emotions like fear and doubt. I approve of this because I sure experience plenty of fear and doubt myself. I've experienced more fear and doubt since I became an anamorph than most people experience in about ten lifetimes. Cassie has never met a dress she liked. She does not subscribe to teen or YM. She is much more likely to buy a magazine like Smelly Animals of America. You know, the kind of magazines that would give articles like How to Give Suppositories to Raccoons or Let's Examine Owl Vomit. If you want to picture Cassie, think of a short, cute girl with very short black hair, wearing overalls and big muddy boots, and looking totally capable of giving a tetanus shot to an angry bear. Cassie is our animal expert and our resident ecology nut. I'd say she likes animals better than she likes people, except that she really likes Jake. As in, likes. Actually, she and Jake like each other, although neither of them will admit it, of course. The only time they'll act that way is when we're about 12 seconds away from doing something insanely dangerous. And they'll kind of give each other these pathetic sad looks. It's so lame. The last original member of our group was perched in the high rafters overhead. Tobias had his talons sunk deep into the wood to give himself a firm hold. And with his hooked beak, he was preening the feathers of his right wing. Tobias is a red-tailed hawk. That's what he's been since he stayed too long in morph. He lives as a hawk now, mostly. I mean, he hunts and eats like a hawk. Not that he has much choice. I don't think the school is really interested in a hawk boy as a student. Tobias lives in the woods, along with Axe. Axe is an Andalite, the brother of Elfingor, and the only free Andalite within a billion miles of Earth. Axe doesn't come to the meetings usually. 
He has a human morph, but he doesn't like to overuse it. Besides, he basically figures Jake is his prince, and he'll do whatever his prince tells him has to be done. So, that's our little group. Rachel, standing in the middle of the room, looking like someone was shining a spotlight on her. Jake, pacing back and forth and looking far too intense. Cassie, cradling a duck in her arms while she changed its bandage. Tobias, preening his feathers and looking around with that eternal hawk glare. And me, lolling back on a bale of hay. Shh, Jake said suddenly. I thought I heard something. It's just a squirrel up on the roof, Tobias assured him in thought speak. You sure? Jake asked. Tobias stopped preening and stared down at Jake. His hawk stare grew even more intense. Am I sure? I do know what a squirrel sounds like. Jake nodded and looked a little embarrassed. Hawks not only have amazingly good eyes, their hearing is better than human too. And Tobias knows the sounds that prey make. He has to. Asking Tobias if he recognizes squirrel sounds would be like asking Einstein if he knows how to add two plus two. I tried to bring us all back to the topic. So, what does it mean if a kid doesn't smell like a human? There are plenty of times when you don't smell human, Rachel said with a smirk. But then, maybe that's because you have a small monkey living on top of your head. Cassie made a snorking sound as she tried not to laugh. Next time you decide to get a haircut, talk to me first, Rachel said. I ignored them both. We had important business, and I was not going to lower myself to trading insults with Rachel. Besides, I couldn't think of any. He doesn't smell, and he's handing out flyers for the sharing, I said. He must be connected to the Yerks, Rachel said with a shrug. But how? Cassie asked. She was pushing the duck back into his cage. I mean, Yerks infest various species, humans, hork taxons. But that doesn't change the fact that a human with a Yerk in his head should still smell like a human, you know? Chapman is a controller. He still smells human, I pointed out. And by the way, I can't believe I'm even talking about how the vice principal smells. Jake shrugged. I guess we need to find out what's going on with Eric. But how do we find him? I asked. Infiltrate a meeting of the sharing? I could do surveillance of his school, Tobias said. Or maybe we could go back to where the concert was and look for clues, Rachel said. Then she winced. Wow, that sounded so Nancy Drew. Maybe Axe can try and tap into the internet and get past all the security buffers and locate him, I suggested. Cassie held up her hand like she was asking a question at school. Those are all fine plans, but how about if we just look him up in the phone book? We all stared at her. Or we could just look him up in the phone book, Jake said sheepishly. Cassie headed for the house to get a phone book. You know, she is just not getting the whole superhero thing, I said to Jake. Does Wolverine look things up in the phone book? Does Spider-Man? I don't think so. Yeah, well, Wolverine has a big advantage over us, Rachel said dryly. He is not real. Then she snapped her fingers. That's what that hair of yours reminds me of, a Wolverine. I knew it was something. Oh, yeah? I shot back. Well, how about your... your... My what? Rachel asked coolly, with the absolute confidence of a girl who never looked less than perfect. You're tallness, I said lamely. You're tall, way tall. Somehow this brilliant comeback did not cause Rachel to break down in tears. Cassie came back carrying the white pages, already open to the case. There are 27 kings listed, 
but you said he transferred to Truman, so there are maybe six kings that are in that part of town. We work our way down the list, I said, although he still could have an unlisted phone. I can't hang out tonight, Jake said. I have got to write that English paper. Here's a clue on the English paper. Don't say, I have got to, I teased. I could go tomorrow, maybe, Rachel said, but not tonight. My dad is in town just for tonight. He's taking me and my sisters to Planet Hollywood. Cassie looked at me. I'm free, she said. I'm good till it gets dark, Tobias volunteered. Hawks aren't much use at night. Fine, me and Cassie and Tobias till it gets dark, I said. Shouldn't be too hard. Our mission, to find the boy who doesn't smell. Maybe he just showers a lot, Rachel said. Did you think about that?